Neil Brown just has that it factor, I believe. He's like, bought into the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog so, mentality has always been big for West Virginia. We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs. He is the modern-day Don Nealon. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the uh, Virginia Tech live reaction stream. Um, hopefully get some people filing in here in a second, but uh, I guess we can go ahead and jump into it. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. What's up, everybody? And our other co-host, Bradley. What up, what up, what up? Well, boys, a um, little unexpected, the performance, I think, for me. I think if you look at the preview show, you could see that and, you know, I picked us to get the win on the season prediction roundtable, but uh, going in, you know, the week leading up, I wasn't as uh, confident. Uh, but uh, it ended up being good for the Mountaineers. I mean, kind of a mixed bag. I think maybe a little bit of a bad taste left in the mouth due to the, you know, the way it kind of ended and the way they came back. But all in all, it's still a W on the schedule. Uh, highest ranked team, Neil Brown's beaten. As we said, biggest game of the Neil Brown era, and they come out on top. So um, it's big and it's a win. But Opening thoughts as far as that uh, Virginia Tech win, Stephen. I'll let you go ahead. Go yeah, ahead, Bradley. Bradley. You go Look on like hey, you're excited. we freaking won. Let's go. <laughs> Screw Virginia right Tech with the freaking chokies. Um, yeah, we came out, had an absolutely dominant first half, first quarter especially. I mean, we had three and outs, and we, they were going three and out, and we were just hammering the ball, freaking moving it. Um, and then came out in the second half and showed that Neil Brown hasn't changed, that we're still afraid to put our foot on the gas pedal. We got that was disappointing. It's it's man, we gotta change that. It's gotta happen. Steven, uh, anything you want to add? Yeah, uh, I I'm I was excited to see it, man. I was a little nervous going into the game, but like I said, I felt really good a couple days uh before the game. And turns out I was right. Uh I don't know, man. It was just a great feeling. The great, the atmosphere was great in the stadium. It was just an all around good day. It was hot as hell, but you know it was worth it, man. Getting sunburned and everything. That first run by Letty was just electrifying. Yeah, that eighty yard break was beautiful. Absolutely, and the crazy thing was, I mean, they were off to the hot start either way because they had the touchdown the play before that. If that throws, you know, not yeah. it's just right there on target. Sam James burnt that guy on that first play. So, yeah, and then you know, Letty. I know I was still getting it on on my TV, hadn't turned it on yet, and like I was listening to Tony call the first two plays, and then Letty scored, and I was like, man, we already scored. I haven't even got it on the TV yet. Like, it was <laughs> awesome. I was I was going crazy, but yeah, I was I couldn't have asked for a better start in that one. I don't think. Um, as far as as far as that goes, if we're going to talk about, you know, the elephant in the room, you know, off to a hot start, but we got to talk about the ending. I think, um, you know, the defense played solid throughout. Uh, West Virginia had the ball, you know, a couple chances to uh, close it out, and they didn't. And then I think you know the big mistake, of course, the interception on the horrendous pass by Daigie. But um, as Bradley said, let's talk a little bit about the second half struggles for West Virginia under under the Neil Brown. Uh, regime, um, they were averaging, I think, right at nine points per game against Power Five opponents. And, you know, we've seen another scoreless quarters. Uh, we've seen only a field goal in the second half. Uh, what are your thoughts on the second half struggles, Stephen, or are people making too much of it as long as you're winning the games? Uh, no, I think it's, I, I think it's warranted. I think, you know, the everybody being upset about it because up to this point, other than the LIU game, you haven't scored a second half touchdown against, you know, a major opponent. 
So I think that was kind of a red flag, especially going into this weekend, going into Norman. Um, but we did. That's the thing. I thought previously I I was under the impression that under Neil Brown, West Virginia was more of a second half football team. But right. I mean, it's been the opposite yeah. this season. So I think I, I really don't know what's going on. But defensively, you see adjustments. But offensively, I don't know if it's just not adjusting or or what it is. What do you think, Bradley? Yeah, so I actually did – this is what I did some of the number crunching on earlier in my card ride uh, back from uh, Parkersburg. I was at a wedding. That's why I wasn't at the game. And so to kind of like touch on this, I know we've been talking about right now we're averaging uh, like 9.7 points uh, in the second half under Neil Brown throughout his tenure against Power 5. We're only averaging 11.8 points in the first half as well. So under Neil Brown, I mean, we're roughly averaging like 21 points a game, which is like three touchdowns, which honestly – I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I feel like that's not that many points, especially in the Big 12, where, I mean, it's just high-powered offenses. So, I mean, looking at it, like, we're not really scoring that much more in the first half either throughout the first three years in Neil Brown. But what I did think was crazy is on the other side of the ball with our defense, we're allowing 15 points uh, in the first half throughout Neil Brown's career, but then we're turning around and only allowing 10.7 points in the second half throughout Neil Brown. So there's a huge like a discrepancy there between how much our defense allows in the first half and how much our defense allows in the second half. So I make of that as you will, but I, I was just curious because like we're talking about uh, first and second halves, but you look at it, it's a two point difference and two points is huge, but I feel like we're just really not scoring much on either side of the, you know, the halftime show. Now you're right. The offense it's in general has had, had its struggles, but I think uh, what you, what you've seen a lot of too is just the uh, hot starts like that, but then it's like, it, it goes away, and I think, you know, somebody pointed out, I've seen, you know, during uh, during the game on Twitter, you know, where I do the live tweets, you know, I see people talk and everything, and it's like they think our scripted series, like they script those first two series, offensive series, and those plays are usually awesome, but it's like after our scripted plays are done, the offense just looks completely different, it seems like. Uh, Steven, what are your thoughts there on the offense? How did you think it looked, and just overall during, during the Neil Brown era, really? Well, I mean, I, on Saturday specifically, I thought they looked pretty well in the first half, and that's that was what you know, I I think we should build on. I, I the thing to me is I don't understand why we can't get over thirty points. You know, since we since Neil Brown's taken the helm of WVU, we haven't been able to get over the thirty points uh, in a single game. I don't believe, and that is absolutely wild to me. Uh, you know, I mean, because West Virginia prides itself on electrifying offenses has in the past you know a couple decades at at least so you know kind of we've lost a little bit of our identity as a football team I think a little bit you know we've shifted over to the defensive side of the ball more so while Neil Brown's taken over which I personally I don't mind I love being a defensive-minded football team but we're we're fooling ourselves if we're gonna compete if we think we're gonna compete in the Big 12 conference or even any other conference for that matter if we can't move the ball on offense, but West Virginia's, you know, really good at moving the ball on offensive at times. And that's the thing for me is, you know, you come out and like you say, you have a really, really good opportunity to, to go off or a really, who was it? I think on that side, uh, Sam James that almost caught that pass on the first play. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Would have been a touchdown. And, you know, the Absolutely. very play is, you know, a run up the gut with Letty James. And, I mean, you could have drove a truck through that hole. Yeah, yeah that was a great play design. Our offensive line looks good for a change. Mm-hmm. So, for the better part of the day, I thought our defense looked amazing. I thought Alonzo Adai played great. Jared Bartlett came came to play and played great. 
Dante played great. I think he had something to prove because his dad Gary played in the same game and had the same type of effect on the on the game. And I think he wanted to leave that same type of a legacy. There's a lot of a lot a lot of positives, man. I I think that all in all, the the Mountaineer fan base is and always will be like you, Cruz, and be pessimistic about things uh, because that's what we've been taught to do. I think West Virginia fans have have been taught throughout everything we've been through, you know, to be down about things because we know that at some point it's just going to fall apart. Yeah, but I, I however, think. I, I don't know. I, with as many negatives that were in this football game, especially late in the football game, I think that there is a ton more t- ton more positives because I think a lot of what happened late in that game was largely attributed to the heat in that game because it was hot. And I'm yeah. not trying to give them excuses or anything, but I mean, they were the team pl- came to play. Man, they were exhausted. They they gave it their all, and I don't understand why they can't get the ball going on offense in the second half. That's a little bit of a different story. I don't think that's heat related at all, but yeah, I do sure. think that the offense doesn't give the defense time to rest, and that's why the yeah. defense, you know, but I think it's more of a testament, to like, like, the, even the, more of a testament to how good of our defense has been because, like, they've just been coming out and like absolutely saving us in these games. Since you brought it up, I just thought I'd look at it. We've crossed the 30 point mark four times under Neil Brown. Four times uh, two, heard two two times in his first season uh, against Power Five opponents. Uh, obviously, we've broken it more against uh, right, some right, ones. right. I mean, uh, we obviously did yeah. it last week against LIU. That's yeah, and uh, yeah, but yeah, we did it twice in his first year and twice last year. I say we didn't get much more than thirty points. I think we've only broke. Yeah, that's that's still not getting it. I mean, that's that's four times getting over 30 points in what's been 25, 25 games he's had now or something like that. And against yeah, power, power, power five, five off. I mean, power fives would be 22 games is what I, what's that? I mean, that's like 5% or something. That's not, yeah, that's not getting it done. Yeah. It's not going to get it done. I mean, I mean, the defense is great. And I think that you're, they're playing like, like they know that they're relying on their defense, which I guess is good. But also if you compare an offense with that type of defense, I think that's the missing the missing piece for West Virginia. But I think, Stephen, you touched on the offensive line. I wanted to touch on that for a second because I did think that they looked a lot better uh, pass protection and especially run blocking. I think we can give that. And, you know, I did notice Doug Nestor didn't have the club on. He had like a really thin cast, so maybe that helped on that right side. Uh, of course, getting Mike O back, you know, he played about 20 or so snaps. Yeah, I think that, that was, was the biggest big thing too. on the right side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mike O helped out a lot. Absolutely. So I uh, did want to shout out the offensive line there because uh, we needed a big improvement and it looks like they have, and who knows, maybe they hadn't gelled yet, you know, plus, you know, the factors of Michael Laughlin and Doug Nestor's, you know, slight injury. And now if they start to gel, you know, that could still be a good unit like we heard about all off season. So hopefully, you know, that was just the tip of the iceberg there, but I think talking offense, the thing everybody wants to talk about is quarterback. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the quarterback play. Uh, what did you think of Daigie? Cause uh, personally I thought, for most of the game, he wasn't too bad, you know, despite, you know, the numbers not really high. You'd like his completion percentage to be a little higher. You'd like him to hit a couple of those deep balls where he had guys open that he missed. But he was pretty much playing mistake-free to get to the fumble late in the third and then, of course, the bad interception in the fourth. But I did love the packages with Garrett Green. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on Daigie's performance? And uh, did you see Green about as much as you expected, or would you like to see him more? Uh, what do you think, Stephen? Uh, I absolutely love the packages that they ran with him, but I, the only thing that I would have changed about it, I would I would have liked to see them 
run a little bit more passing passing plays with Garrett Green just because, you know, I, it would have just mixed it up a little bit better. You would have been able to throw a little bit more of a, you know, different style at Virginia Tech's defense that they hadn't seen. And every time Garrett Green came in the game, he just ran the ball. So I would have changed that a little bit. But, however, I I love what they're doing with it. And I love that D- Jared Deggy has bought into it. He's not, you know, against the fact that they're going to let Garrett Green get his shot and get his time in there and do what he can to help the offense. Because I think that both of them really just want the offense to succeed and the team su- to succeed, which I think is, you know, all what it really boils down to. And so I think that's what really – motivates me as a fan moving forward all in all honestly i mean i really thought jared deggy played really well at times Uh, however i this is this is what my analysis is i thought about this during the game i think that jared deggy tries too much to throw the deep ball when he's really good at throwing the short the short routes and those medium routes i think that those routes are more successful for him especially with our receivers like sam james and sean ryan they have really came you know, into themselves this year, I feel like. And especially like yesterday, Sam James had a really good touchdown where he, you know, he caught the ball over the middle and then got separation, runs it in for a touchdown. I thought that was a really, really well ran play by Sam James himself. But then you see Jared Deckey trying to make something out of nothing and throw a deep ball. And then it's always, if not, if not always, an interception or, you know, just a, a crazy looking pass. So I think that what they should do is just stick to what they're good at. I remember back whenever uh, Bob Huggins led WVU in the basketball team to the final four in 2010, he said all the time, you know, just do what you're good at and we'll, you know, we'll be good. And I think that's what we should do as a football team right now. Just stick to what we're good at and we'll be successful. And so that's what I, I think about the whole quarterback situation. I just think that as we, start to see the offense do this a little bit more throughout the weeks. I think they're going to get a rhythm to them and start to learn how they're going to function as an offense that has two quarterbacks. And I think it's going to, it's going to be really, uh, really nice for West Virginia moving forward. Man, Bradley, what about you? Yeah. So I thought Diggy played really well up to the first half. And I think he was definitely correcting some of the things that the coaching staff said that they wanted him to correct, not making that bad play any worse which he did not do until he threw that interception there in the last drive, which, I mean, a little bit of that is Neil Brown. A little bit of that is him. He was, you know, running that screenplay. Um, running that screenplay, you know, he's looking at it, and you had that defensive lineman peel off, and he was trying to get it over top of that defensive, you know, that defensive end. So he floats it a little bit more, and he floats it too much, and it gets picked off. And, you know, Neil Brown said he'd rather do him just chuck it into the dirt than try to, you know, get it over top and, you know, get that interception. We, you know, we lose some yards, but we punt it down the field and they got to go, you know, 60, 70 more yards. Uh, he did really well this game, but I also think he had some of the best protection that he's had so far. I think his pass protection was a lot better this game, and that allowed him to find those receivers a little bit more often. Um, and then, because I, to my knowledge, I think he only got sacked once. And that was twice, on, yeah, I was yeah, definitely on that strip sack when he got blindsided from, I think it was a corner blitz and they just did not even see it. Um, other than that, I thought, yeah, I thought Jared Deggy played really well. I mean, could have completed some more of those long balls, but, you know, he, he kept it safe up until the very end, and he, he did what he had to do. And then Garrett Green, I thought Garrett Green was uh, 
I thought Garrett Green did what he was put in there to do. I think that they said that they were trying to get him the one pass play when that was a, like a drop snap when it got back to him. That was supposed to be a design pass play for him, but it just went to hell. But other than that, I thought he went in there in his packages and he ran and he ran hard. And I think that, you know, it gave us a spark that we needed when we needed it. You know, we needed five yards. He was like, I'm going to put Garrett Green in there beside Letty Brown. They're not going to know who's going to touch that ball. And then whatever happens, happens. And he could have broke that first run that he had, that quarterback draw. It was open. And, you know, had he not ran into his block into the into the linebacker, you know, he really could have broke that for a big, big game. But, yeah, I I was happy with both of our quarterbacks play. I mean, they did try to almost throw it away. I mean, Jerry Daggy with that interception in the second half, like really almost screwed yeah, us. Quite through. literally. It didn't, so. Yeah, I agree. But I, I think, uh, like you said, the, to me, it wasn't more about Daggy's decision. Yeah, he airmailed it. He should have threw it in the ground, threw it away, whatever. Uh, and that's bad. But I think the play call is, is the thing for me. Like Neil Brown even said in his post-game press conference that that one was on him. And I think because even, you know, they'd ran that play three times. I know they ran it at least a couple times against Maryland. And so, I mean, even I, as soon as I seen Letty going out in that motion, I knew it was like as those coming on the screen. And then it was like, oh, man, and when they intercepted it, I thought it was over for sure. So that, that was bad. That was. But, you know, Daggy for the most part, he is who he is, and I think, you know, Stephen, I agree with you. They should do more short uh, to intermediate stuff, but I think they have to try and factor in those deep balls. You know, I think that's what they're trying to build the offense around running right. the ball and the play-action deep ball, and, the you know, they're just trying to keep the defense honest with it, even though Daggy's not not hitting them consistently, if ever, and that's what you're really missing right there is that, that element of the offense along with what you're putting green in for with the uh, uh, read option part of that option. It's not just a straight handoff to Letty. And so you're having to use two quarterbacks for that. And maybe maybe it gets to a point where green, you know, can take the take the shots if they want to take them. But uh, I don't think that would be a bad idea because we know who Daggy is. He doesn't hit those deep balls consistently. He's a good rhythm passer or he's a good game manager for the most part. Being a little bit turnover prone this season, I think that's why you're hearing more about the talk of wanting more Garrett Green. So, you know, I think he's got to cut down on the turnovers, eliminate the those for sure but uh the thing is i think whether you are a daggy fan or not uh that we're probably gonna he's gonna be the starter you know for the foreseeable future you might start seeing more and more garrett green but i think unless you know he keeps having two three turnovers a game uh jared daggy will continue to be a starting quarterback so it's just kind of uh where we are what we got to go with so that's just you know my take on it really yeah i think we've found you know what we're going to be working on moving forward as an offense right now i, do, I really do I don't think we're going to see a change in the starter or quarterback anytime soon. Unless, I mean, God forbid, Jared Dickey goes down with an injury. But I just don't understand why there's so much chatter about Garrett Green being the starter when Jared Dickey's turning the ball over. Why is it It's uh, Garrett Green's an automatic fix? It's not like he's not going to turn the ball over. I promise you, if he runs the ball that much, he will turn the ball over that much and more. Absolutely. And especially, you know, not being able, you know, just being young, you know, that's, you go through those, you know, learning to read the defenses and read the cover. Right. And yeah, it would be, you, you would go through your lumps, you know, you're going to go through your lumps regardless. I think after day game, people are going to realize, well, at least this guy could well, you know, well, go and knew the plays to run. You know? While we're on the subject, I just want to throw in there. It, we're going to go what we go through this year. Next year, Nico's my Nico, I don't know if y'all watched that guy on uh, oh ESPN the other night that ESPN's been posting about every day since. Yeah, the kid's a dog. So much oh, of a absolutely. dog. He led his team back from 24 to 7 in the fourth quarter with less than a minute to go. And it was a little gross, but he threw up on I – man, the kid was playing so hard, he threw up on the ball on the game-winning touchdown yeah. when he yeah, threw it. Yeah, then ran in the two-point conversion even though he's man. injured. 
Yeah, man, that's just like nerves. Just like, holy shit, I'm leading a hell of a comeback right now. That's like, nerves, but that's shaking, exhaustion, man. man. Yeah. Have you ever ran so much you throw up? That's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They said he came off bleeding, limping, and throwing up. And it's oh, just yeah. like, oh, my God, I've never heard of a more mountain player in my life. No, I agree with you. I think that Nico is going to be like the first true freshman to start at West Virginia, I think, since like the 70s. I think Dan Kendra was the last one. I believe I saw that stat. So and I, th- I'm, I agree with you. I think that that's probably where it's headed. But even then, like you're going to have to take your lumps through there. You know, he's going to have his struggles early being a true freshman and everything, even though I think he's going to be great in the long run. But, you know, oh, yeah. when you're young, you're going to struggle a little bit. And that's what I think Neil Brown's trying to avoid with with Garrett Green is get him in there struggling, kill his ego or, you know, whatever. And uh, I think he's trying to protect him a little bit. And then also, you know, he knows he can trust Daigie to audible, go through his progressions, be able to read the coverages, get the team in the right play. Because, you know, Daigie started 33 games now, you know, of college football. So that's just kind of what you're going to go on with is the experience. Not that uh, Green isn't going to be the guy in the future. He very well could be. You know, I think it's going to be a competition with him and Nico following this year. But I think – putting a guy in before he's ready could really be detrimental to him. And I think uh, Neil Brown knows that. And that's why he's kind of playing it with, with kid gloves. Uh, catch up on some of these comments real quick. Uh, Chad Wyrick, love what you guys do. Your passion is unmatched. Keep it up, man. Thank you, Chad. We appreciate you. And yeah, we appreciate uh, you, Chad. Says my Good first time you. watching, always try and support fellow Mountaineers. Absolutely. That's all we are. Uh, Mountaineer. Uh, we like to say by the fans for the fans here at the country roads webcast, just lifelong fans. Love to talk. Uh, Mountaineers, and then uh, finally some guys that see the big picture and understand what's going on. Hallelujah. Uh, that's also from Justin Walker. You're right. Yep, trust the climb. Uh, Neil Brown, this is the biggest test of uh, his West Virginia career up to this point. And, you know, even though they almost uh, slip, let it slip at the end, he, he passed the test, in my opinion, because he got the win, you know. Yeah. yeah. In the end, I mean, that's, that's, that's the big happened. thing. West Virginia really – hey, speaking of which, West Virginia had won that game in Morgantown or – Anywhere for that matter, they haven't won a game since 2003. So I went and that got me a shirt as soon as they put them up on the big board yesterday. Just got to. Oh, and that's one thing I did. Neil Brown, that's if we're talking Neil Brown, he had the team ready and he had the team knowing the importance of this game. You know, the crowd helped at the beginning there, but I said in the pregame show that I didn't think I didn't think that the players were going to, you know, be as bought into the rivalry part as the as much as the fans. Hey, I, it didn't feel like that. The players, it felt like they were in a rivalry with themselves as well because they were, I mean, it was a, a chippy back-and-forth game, you know, to a point, especially in the second half. I know in the first half, West Virginia just came and punched them in the mouth on offense. But after every single play, it just felt like, you know, somebody was going after the whistle. I know at one point I looked up and, you know, the play had been blown dead in the backfield and somebody, like, all the way back on the – 40 yard line and all the way up here on the five yard line some a west virginia player was hurt i think it was sean mahone and i'm Mm. like like how does that happen you know i I don't know it was a it was super fun to be a part of that game yesterday i mean i'm so glad that 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 rivalry itself is back i miss playing virginia tech so much yeah can't wait for the return game next year but i think that's what neil brown did a great job of getting the team ready and like you heard in the post-game interview several people saying you know he came in uh monday he said you know 6191 days that uh, 6190 days they had black diamond trophy then they said he came in on tuesday 6191 days and he said he kept telling them every day how many days have been just a countdown sticking it in their heads and i think that was awesome that was big and that just showed you he was trying to motivate these guys to get that trophy back home and he, he did just that and that's a testament to neil brown i think so despite you know 
get on him for some of the offensive struggles if you want. I think that's warranted, and I think he would probably agree with that. But um, definitely he had the team prepared, and you got to commend him for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, Justin Walker says, with Green, Crowder, and Markiel, I think the future looks bright in the QB room. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd agree with that. Three young guys, if they all stick around, that's the only thing you got to worry about now. Uh, transfer portal with you know three that are close to the same uh, class. He also says, do you guys think the play column was too conservative in the second half? I thought so. Oh, absolutely. And that's uh, Neil Brown said yeah. in the game he thought he took the air out of it too early. He definitely did. I think our first two drives of the second half took like a, a, about 15 minutes, which is great if you're scoring on those. But, you know, we only managed a field goal. Should have had a touchdown. Some penalties really hurt us. And then, you know, I think play column was an issue. But, yeah, I think you got to continue to play with your foot on the gas. And that's the big harp right now, averaging only nine points per game. Uh, against Power 5 opponents in the second half of games uh, since Neil Brown took over in 2019. And uh, it's it's not like it's been all bad. Like you get ahead in some of these games and a lot of those games you've won. But when, I think when you get a big lead like that, you got to continue to keep your foot on the gas. Even if you want to run some clock, uh, don't get too conservative. And I think definitely West Virginia got uh, too conservative. Yeah, and especially, yeah. I mean, you come down to like that, and I know people have talked about it. I, I still don't understand why we're trying to toss the ball when we're inside the ten yard line. I just mean, hand Brad, it to we inside the five. That's you got Letty freaking Brown back there. The crowd so was chanting Letty, that. and they didn't. I was ready ball. to say that the crowd was chanting Letty, Letty. You can hear the TV. Yeah, yeah. and I mean to a point, you're like, well, you know, well now the defense expects it. Well, they couldn't stop him anyway. What you gonna do? If you if they told them, hey, Letty Brown is going to go through the a hole right here. And you ain't gonna do nothing about it. They would not done nothing. I, they would have literally let him go into the end zone because he was running yeah. them all over that defense. Absolutely. Yesterday. And he I mean, was making that defensive front look silly. Time where we're trying to run some clocks. I think this one we had to have. That was in the second half when we kicked the field goal. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're already trying to run some clock anyway. You're ahead by you know, you know, a couple touchdowns. You're trying to run some clock anyway. Why? Just hand the ball off. Just, just let my dude. If you don't get it in on the first one, you run some clock. If you don't get you know, it in, on the second you know, in the one, NFL, will never Russell Wilson be doing yeah, his thing. Interception. Let <laughs> Russ cook. Let yeah. let Letty cook, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Let Letty eat. Yeah, he needs more. He needs more touches. Yeah. I think. I don't know why it's so difficult. All right, but uh, they, that's you know the offense. You know, kind of is what it is. Uh, had its struggles. Looked better, especially specifically in the first half. I think the offensive line definitely looked improved. Run game definitely looked improved. Pass protection was good. So there were some positives with the offense, despite, you know, the second half leaving a bad taste in your mouth. And we definitely wanted to point that out. But let's talk about this defense for a second, because I think, you know, we all thought this defense could take a huge step back from last season. And obviously, I think at the end of the year, rankings-wise, they're not going to be anywhere near where they were last season. But this is a tough, fast defense. And I think mm-hmm. that they're going to be uh, still causing a lot of trouble in conference play. What do you guys think about this defense? I absolutely love this defense. I mean, my favorite player, I've told you guys a lot, that my favorite player all the time, of all time is Jamal Adai. And I swear, Alonzo is, you know, very fast coming, becoming a close second, man. That is a hard-nosed, fast football player. And there was a lot of guys that played great yesterday. Like I said, Jared Bartlett played great. Dante played great. Uh, Josh Chandler-Samito played really well. Uh, Daryl Porter Jr. did prove that you know he should be a defensive player and not a wide receiver at one point because he had had a, it in his hand <laughs> right i not you know yeah oh man I'm just, anyway i'm just glad we won the game 
Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, really. The defense was causing havoc. Uh, what do you think, Bradley? Yeah, it was yeah, good. The defense was good tight. I thought there were some like, uh, unexpected heroes in that game. Taj Austin came out. Uh, he game. dominated yeah. that tackle. I mean, he straight up – if he wasn't making the play, he was forcing the quarterback. He was forcing uh, Burmeister like to get out there and like try to do something. And I was like so impressed by Taj Austin. I think he had he had to have had at least two or three sacks yesterday or TFLs. I mean, he was he was living back there. And uh, you brought up Jared Bartlett. I thought Jared Bartlett. Oh, Jared Bartlett! Wow! Oh my gosh! Came out of wow. nowhere and just put it yeah. on him, man. Just straight up playing aggressive, playing physical, and just earned himself a lot more playing time. And then Jackie Matthews came out there, and he was playing a wonderful job back there. Jackie Matthews, big day. Jackie Matthews played really well. Um, There's just so many names on the defensive side of the ball from yesterday that you can This guy had a day. This guy had a day. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, in comparison to last year's defense, uh, this defense may not end up with the same numbers as high as a ranking, but the depth on this defense, I think, you know, last year you had starters playing a lot of the snaps, almost having to play entire games. And I think the depth on this defense is huge. The defensive line rotation is, what, eight, nine deep at least. And then uh, got a few guys at linebacker rotating. And then, like you said, in in the secondary, Jackie Matthews rotates in, Charles Woods, all those guys rotating in. I mean, uh, there's some there's some depth in this defense. Yeah, no, yeah. I and I mean, you really, look, I look at it. Good. Oh, I was just gonna say, I just think it's really positive, you know, moving forward with for West Virginia because you look at the recruits that we have coming in, uh, you know, in the next two to Jerome three years. Spells is going to be much much needed. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, yeah. You get all that on defense, and then you get you know the offensive line depth that you need on the other side of the ball. You get Nico coming in next year. Yeah, the yeah. future's bright. Absolutely. Yeah. You take off Did these you... blue and gold glasses real quick. So can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, well, we saw those here. We, that's our, yeah, that's that's our a, favorite product. So we all we've all had them on. I had them on all off season. Mine, mine are, mine have been off lately, but uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you look at our defense this last game. I mean, first touchdown we gave them. We had three three bad penalties, and uh, you know it's it's it it that's how they got their first touchdown. I mean, it was just we kept their drive alive for them. And then you turn around, and in the second half, they didn't really have their offense going until, you know, we fumble the ball over. They try to make something of it. You know, they're getting the ball on, like, our side of the field. It made it a lot more tough on our defense. And then they still held them down and, like, didn't let them come back, like, uh, win that game, you know. And, like, they had a chance to win it, even though we didn't think that they would. Like, uh, well, I they had the whole... defense on their heels on their goal line, I thought. Ooh. Oh, I th- mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think oh, I saw Stab West Virginia is ranked uh, number one in the nation right now in red zone defense after that game. And that's – I wanted to point out a stat. Keenan Cummings uh, from Rivals tweeted out, said that by his count, Virginia Tech ran a total of 11 snaps from the West Virginia 10-yard line or, or in yesterday – or yeah, yesterday during the game. And that resulted in six yards, two turnover on downs, a missed field goal, and uh, also a false start. And so I think once they got, you know, goal-to-go situations, like Steve said, they really dug their heels in. And I absolutely loved the fact, one of the first things I said as soon as we won was that uh, it, they ended on a goal line stand, just like, you know, Grant Wiley, Brian King in 2002. And I was like, that that's just poetic that it ended that way on a goal line stand. And there's some parallels from that 2002 game to this game. I know I'd mentioned to you briefly off-air, Stephen, before the game that, uh, you know, I think Rich Rod was 10-11 and 11 going into that 2002 game against – Virginia Tech, who was top 15, uh, West Virginia wins that game. And then, you know, that kind of kickstarts Rich Rod's era. And, I, you know, Neil Brown was 12-12 and 12 going into this game, top 15 Virginia Tech team, gets the win on a goal line stand, mind you, if history doesn't repeat itself enough. And, you know, this could kickstart, you know, the 
fruits of the Neil Brown era. We've been preaching trust the climb with the recruiting classes coming up, and he really needed a signature win, and I think he got it. And, you know, the biggest game of his career up to this point, you know, he gets the win. And, you know, that's big. I think that the this looking back, I think we could maybe see this as a, as a turning point for the program. What do you guys think? I absolutely think so, and I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I'm going to. I think that uh, I think this is probably going to be the year that we we get a win over Oklahoma, guys. <laughs> no, don't, don't say, say it. it. Don't say it. Don't jinx it. Only Jordan's allowed to say shit like that because and then it just doesn't. You think I'm gonna? I Wait, mean, no, Jordan can't say that. Jordan's I picked us to lose. To, I will say Jordan's one picks us to lose. I mean, let me tell you. But listen, I picked us to lose. I mean, I picked us to win the season prediction roundtable. I picked us to lose on the preview show, and we won. If I predict us to lose uh, on the preview show against Oklahoma, we win again. I may not pick us to win ever again on the on the podcast. Hey, that's what you got to do. I mean, yeah, I'm superstitious like that. I'm superstitious like that, you know. Yeah, just, I got I, a, I got a strong feeling, man. Because I, I, I look. Don't get me wrong. Hell of a play by the by the defensive back for OU on that last play, or uh, oh, yeah. you know, in the last little bit of that game. But they struggled way too much in that game. They, they struggled, struggled in every game Tulane, they've played. Okay? So they struggled far. every game they've played. So to me, I feel like they're. They more so than West Virginia should already know their identity of who they are. And, and they're struggling of, right now. They're not the same, struggling. Yeah, they're not the same OU that everybody knows and expects to play like. And neither, yeah. you know, there's a lot of those big names right now, other than Bama. But anyway, I uh, think Bama that West Virginia. Bama looked vulnerable this week. Yeah, you know, yeah. ranked eleven Florida in the swamp. You know, yeah. Still, oh I think man, I think West Virginia's got a really strong chance this year, guys. I think playing in a night game in Norman out there, I think that's going to get our guys pumped up, especially coming off of an atmosphere they just played in Morgantown. That was super loud. You know, that really was one of the best atmospheres since 2011. But you got to flip that and go out and play in Norman with a really raucous crowd, probably. Which you never know; they might not even be that jacked up for West Virginia. You know, yeah. it, it might not be I that. Chance, so. Yeah, I thought that we had a chance to be ranked after this game because every time, every week, yeah. we got votes. better and better. But we got votes. I didn't, if we, I I didn't mean, you win we that one, you're in there though. Because oh, yeah. you know you, we've already lost to Maryland and we've only beat LIU, and then like you have one one win against Tech. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Virginia Tech did the same thing really when they beat UNC. It. That was you know ranked number two. UNC came, came back to life, didn't they? Yeah, they looked good. They looked good. They looked good. That's I think that's a testament to you know what West Virginia's offensive plan was early. I think you know it's a hot start West Virginia got off to that North Carolina offense. You know that's supposed to be a juggernaut. Virginia Tech held them to ten points. So I think some of the plans and some of the stuff that was drawn up, especially in those scripted plays, like we talked about in those first two drives, was good by West Virginia. So you know as as many as much bad as we've harped on the offense, I do think they deserve a, l- a little bit of credit for being able to do that because that's a good Virginia Tech defense. You know they were top oh, ten in sacks, top five in TFLs, and got great players in the secondary too. Yeah, well, I think Bradley touched on it in the pregame show that we did. You know, I think he said, you know, we need to come out. He said literally need to do it, but we figuratively came out and punched Virginia Tech in the mouth and showed them that we were going to run the football on them, mm-hmm. you know, and especially on their defensive line. You know, first play of the game, Letty up the middle, or second play of the game, Letty up the middle, you know, 60, however many are untouched. What, Offensive line set the nice tone catch, very early. What a nice catch from Bryce Ford Wheaton on that second touchdown. That was a nice oh, yeah. play. That ball. Oh, yeah. I was, was glad to see him come down with one of those. Yeah. They've been trying to hit that true. a few times. I was watching that play. I'm glad you said that. I'm, I was watching that play specifically, 
And that ball was a prayer. It's a, it's honestly just it a lucky play, that Bryce Ford Wheaton was such a good receiver because the ball could have been picked easily. I mean, it was just a floater, man. Yeah, and but like, I mean, it, they jumped offside, so we were getting a free play anyway. So it's one of those. Hey, yeah, I thought we'd have a chance. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, I, he yeah. put the ball where it needed to be for his guy to catch it, though. Because I mean, both those defenders were like there, but they weren't where the ball was, you know. And Bryce Ford Wheaton was able to, you know, get his head back before they could, and you know, he got rewarded for it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. uh, you know, t- thinking about Oklahoma, I know we'll get into it more on the preview show, which if you're just joining us here on on the live stream, we're going to do this. We do this every uh, usually every Sunday night uh, following a game. We'll, be, we'll go live here on our Facebook and on our YouTube, and then we'll flip that, put it on the podcast as well. But you can catch our podcast every week, previewing every game. Uh, find on any podcast platform you want. Just search Country Roads Webcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, Spotify, what, na- what have you. And then uh, our live streams will be uh, Sunday nights following the game where we'll have our – reactions like this one if you want to jump in jump in on them live but um we're going to be uh, previewing oklahoma on that but before we get into that you know i think we touched on a little bit but i wanted to see you know we'll get into players of the game before we close this out of course but um just any thoughts on oklahoma i know Stephen, you spoke about it briefly and i just want to say that's my worry against oklahoma is our offense being able to produce against their defense because i think this oklahoma team looks like one where their defense may be uh, what carries them more so than their offense at least up to this point in the season unless they get it clicking over there but uh what are your guys you know just kind of way too early o- oklahoma thoughts uh looking down the pipe a week away against a uh, top five team in norman for a night game bradley uh this has definitely been a more beatable looking oklahoma than what we've been going into the last three or four years going into like uh playing against Oklahoma at home or away as definitely seems like the more beatable Oklahoma. But what's scary is it's Oklahoma. And I mean, I'm not going to sell them short. They still got all the components and the makings of being a playoff team. And, you know, maybe they just haven't put it together yet. And a seven 30 night game in Norman is, is a game where they could definitely start getting things rolling. And that's, you know, I, people can get, I, I, I'm afraid that Mountaineer fans might get a little excited, you know, Everybody might be looking forward to head to it and, you know, might give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and then start, you know, get, be real mad when we lose. But like I said, Oklahoma is, you know, a top five team. I mean, they're they're a damn good team. They haven't put it together yet. And like if, if they put it together, like we could still be in for a hurting if we don't have our, you know, if we don't on our top game and like absolutely crossing our T's and dotting our I's, then, uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't take much for a team like that to, you know, find their sink and get rolling. So. I think we got a, a better chance, but I, like I said, don't, don't still Oklahoma people. Yeah, I know it's still Oklahoma, but in my mindset, I think that it's positive for West Virginia that we play them early on in the season, you know, as opposed to playing them later on in the season. Because normally, when we play them later on, it gives them time to readjust themselves. Because I swear, it seems like Oklahoma always has one game, at least in the earlier part of the season, that they drop that they shouldn't drop, and I don't want to say that they you know, that West Virginia shouldn't beat them. But I really don't think that West Virginia is, you know, more talented of a football team than Oklahoma. But I, I really do think that right now West Virginia is playing at a point to where they're, you know, gaining momentum in their season, especially coming off of such a, you know, a high emotion game. Uh, you know, and Oklahoma has just been squeaking by, you know, in their games against some lower level of competition. I think West Virginia might have the opportunity to go in there and, and you know, surprise them and, and throw them off guard. I I don't know. Yeah, uh, Justin, Justin Walker, Walker in the said, comments. Go ahead, Stephen. 
I was just going to say, Justin Walker said it. This is the most winnable Oklahoma game in the Neil Brown era. And I absolutely agree. Yep. I, have, I couldn't agree more. I could. Uh, I think this is the most winnable Oklahoma game. And I think out of the Dana Holgerson or Neil Brown era, myself, mm-hmm. I think it dates all the way back to when we had, you know, Tavon and all those guys, because those were some really talented Oklahoma teams. And this is a talented Oklahoma team. Don't get, don't get me wrong about that, but they're just, they're not the same as they usually are. I really don't think that they have enough firepower to compete with them. Like if they had to line up against Kyler Murray and those guys, they would get absolutely throttled. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, but um, I'm going to try and keep it positive here at the end. So I, I'm not going to talk too much about Oklahoma here on the instant reaction. Y'all can hear my thoughts on Wednesday when we uh, release the podcast, you know, and have the video on YouTube. And well, then don't be positive well, after we win that game either, Cruz. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just warning you. Ahead I don't want to see you know, happy. You know all. me this season. You know me this season. We're gonna I'm, be. Un- uh, we're gonna like at the end of the season. We're gonna like be undefeated other than Maryland, and that's gonna be our only loss. And Cruz is gonna be like, I just don't uh, see I don't know, it. I don't man. think we I got the talent. Yeah, we just can't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see your. I see what makes you pessimistic. I don't. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't hate on you because of your present. You know. It's like usually I'm looking at the good things like, oh, yeah, this, and then I'm really hopeful. But this year it's like I'm seeing like, oh, but I see this is still like this and, you know, every game, and that's what's sticking out to me. I don't know. It's just it's just it's because you want to see that power and you want to see that, that dominant play that you know that West Virginia can yeah. get back at. I think it's I just think like it's you see grew the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah. We grew up watching Rasheed and Pat and Quincy and all those guys, man. Like We got high standards. Yeah, very, very high standards. All right, so uh, we'll hand out players of the game here in a second. Uh, any final thoughts on Virginia Tech, though, before we uh, hand out these players of the game and uh, get out here uh, for this week's reaction show? Uh, Bradley? Fuck Virginia Tech. <laughs> That's all I got to <laughs> right say. Right on, right Black on. Like Diamonds of Morgantown. Uh, maybe belongs. there to stay. Oh, oh, yeah, we get nice. one because we get us to win. Jordan That's doesn't nice. get one because he's a oh. negative Nancy. Okay. I see how it is here. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll. Hey, I got. I got plenty, man. I got. It. I got plenty of these things. Oh, my man, stash. I brought them. Sign them. Give them away to the fans. fans. <laughs> sign them. Give them to our fans. I'm gonna have to get at least one. Of them. I took them because I needed some to shield me from the sun. Put our social media links on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can uh, some stickers. Any any uh, final thoughts on your end uh, for Virginia Tech, Stephen? Super proud of the guys, man. I just really want to make that I want to put that up on a pedestal how proud I am of the, these guys coming into a very emotional game a must win uh, game like uh, a, a, like I, yeah like I said you know as close to a must win game as you can get to and they they got got the job done and it was just nice for me as a fan to be able to finally be able to appreciate a win over Virginia Tech because I've had to deal with all of my friends talking crap to me pretty much for all my life at this point, you know, I, that, in 2003, I was only getting into football, I think, at, the, at that point. So, you know, by 2004, 2005, we, you know, we lost both those years. It was pretty sad. So, it's nice to enjoy one for once. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I'm right there with you on that one, and I think I just felt really proud. Yeah, really proud at the end when we got that stop because I'm not going to lie, after that interception, you know, I, me, I got super pessimistic then, and I was already uh, in my feels uh, – uh, my girlfriend said I was tearing up because we we just blew it and lost. But uh, I will ne- neither uh, agree or disagree. I will not confirm or deny. But yeah, uh, yeah I was, was upset. Like, so then it was pure relation after the fourth and goal yeah. stop. 
I forgot about this because there's something I wanted to talk about. I started getting that that mountaineer feeling in me, like that. I'm gonna call it the mountaineer dread from now on. That's just gonna be my term for it. When like things are going like, like Stress, looking Virginia, good, and then like, like it. it's going yeah, too that, good, yeah. That, that one thing happens, and you just like feel it set in. And for me, it was that third down and twenty four. Oh and yeah, Meister took it for twenty five, and I just felt it hit me. I'm like, mm, that's not good. Well, that's let me tell you good. something. And I was so point, mad at like, Raheem Blackshear for a long time yesterday because yeah, he did really well against us, but I was mad at him because there was a, you know, a good portion of yesterday's game. He was limping around and acting like he was hurt. I'm like, Oh yeah, he's, he's not going to be effective anymore. You know, we got him beat all of a sudden. He just starts like taking off down the sideline. And I'm like, well, where'd that come yeah, from? Broke that late touchdown. Run, and I was like, oh, okay. I guess he's back. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, a lot of standouts, a lot of standouts in this game for sure. For West Virginia, we talked about a lot of the names on defense, you know, we mentioned a few of the guys on offense, but um, what do you guys think in player of the game for the big win against 15th ranked Virginia tech to bring the black diamond trophy back to Morgantown? Who's your player of the game, Steven? Uh, for rivalry sake purposes, I'm going Doug Nestor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Doug transferring from VT, That's getting the offensive line look good. It with him at the uh, at the helm of it right there at that right guard position holding down that right side which had been struggling so that's a great pick for the Virginia Tech transfer to get the Black Diamond Trophy back home in West Virginia in his home state as well. Uh Bradley, what about you? Who's your player of the game? Hey, I'm also going to go off the wall a little bit here cuz I think that you know, we won by 6 points. You know who got us those big 6 points? The leg, man. The L E double G. Oh yeah, he was good. There going 2 for hey. 2. And he drilled him boot. right down the pipe. Oh, yeah. His name's Leg, but he got a boot. Yeah. <laughs> so he got boot. Yeah, his name's hitting leg, that 44 yarder. That extra G <laughs> gave him that extra G gives him the power. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And he, he looks he looks much improved and looks like uh, he's maybe consistent this season. Yeah. Um, I'll just say special teams because that Tyler Sumter punt saved us. Yeah. What special teams. Beautiful like punt. Wow. It yeah. was great. It's great. It was great. Um, I think I'll go with the obvious one. Uh, Got to be this man right here, Letty Brown. Uh, 151 yards, I think. Yeah, 151, 161, Almost something like that. Yards. Uh, hey, 19 carries and then 2,000 yards. 30-some receiving. Yeah, 2,000 <laughs> yards for his career. Hold <laughs> y'all. <laughs> Only the 20th Mountaineer to do is a shout-out for him to that. And uh, I think honorable mention, we can all say Jared Bartlett. I mean, he's definitely definitely no, guy yeah. that changed the game. Uh, three sacks. Would have been four. Got held on that last one, so he didn't get – that last sack, but he bumped the quarterback and then got the quarterback sacked. But uh, it would have been four sacks, so heck of a performance all in the second half. I think two on one drive, one being a strip sack. So shout out to that guy as well. You know, definitely, definitely a player of the game. Um, yep. That being said, this has been the Country Roads webcast of Virginia Tech Instant Reaction. Uh, next week, if you want to hop in for the live version, if you're listening to this on the podcast, then you can do that. It's on our Facebook and on our YouTube Sunday nights, um, usually the day after uh, the West Virginia game. And then our podcast for the Oklahoma preview will be releasing this week. We usually try and release those on Wednesday. And you can also find the video of that on our YouTube and our Facebook if you prefer the video. But you can always find the podcast on any platform. Just search Country Roads webcast and find us there, and we'll have the Oklahoma preview out later this week. Um, as always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, for Bradley and Steven. Until next time, let's go, Mountaineers. Mountaineers. Black Diamond Trophy is home. <laughs>